Hey kids, today's word of the day is window dressing. Do you know what window dressing is? Well, it goes something like this. Oh, well, I called you guys into this Zoom meeting today because it looks like the coronavirus has obliterated our quarter's expectations. Okay, but it looks like things are going on and we should take part, okay? So how can we show our customers that we're on their side? You know, um, uh, marketing, do you have any ideas? Uh, we could we could post a blackout photo on all socials and maybe even use a hashtag. Uh, we could, you know, do a press release about how we're against police brutality? Well, what do you think? Oh, 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 I got one, I got one. We could use their hashtag. What is it again? Um, I just said Black that. Lives Scatter? No, 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 no. Black Lives Bladder? What? Yo, listen. Hell no. Nah. It's Black Lives Matter. Listen. Listen. Instead of posting bullshit that seems like the company cares about what's really going on, maybe you could or we could, A, give money to causes that benefit the community, or here's a broad idea, hire more black people to work here. And those not listed as a custodial engineer. Like, what the hell is that in the first place? I think he's... Well, Todd, I didn't know you even spoke that way. It's called code switching. Okay, Chad? It's so yeah, you don't feel threatened or uncomfortable at work. Hey, I don't sound like that. Now back to the show. You are listening to High TV. Your place for cannabis news, insights, and information. If you're new to this podcast, you're a newbie. What's going on, newbie? Welcome to the show. Hope to see you soon. Just know when Monday morning comes and this podcast plays in your cars and your headphones, you will be the most informed person in cannabis in your circle. Stay tuned and stay high, folks. ITV. All right, welcome back to another episode of High TV's Cannabis News. Now, as always, so that you are the most informed person in your circle about what's going on in the cannabis world. But it almost seems like cannabis is taking a back seat. As the skit just mentioned, it looks like all these companies are doing their window dressing. Now, if you don't know what window dressing is, it's when companies decide to show or virtue signal, and virtue signal just means to show that they give a shit when they really don't, in efforts to connect to their customer base and show a sense of ethics and morals. Now, granted, I'm not upset by this, but I'm a bit ticked off by by the adherent bullshit that happens when I see this go on, right? For instance, Apple had a whole press release saying how they're against police brutality, they stand with minorities and people of color, and all this other shit, right? And unlike other companies like Universal Music Group and Warner Brothers, who decided to donate upwards of $100 million to various organizations that are helping with the issue, which I love, right? You're actually giving money that could be used to perhaps give a opportunity to somebody who probably didn't have it before, right? Who may suffer, you know, the reality of living in America with black skin. But the most important thing is, even though these companies are giving money, much like Vogue and the woman who retired and said, I'm sorry for not hiring more people of color. There's only two that work here or too few. We need more. So on my retire, 
on my retire letter. I'm going to mention this so that I seem more ethical before I leave. Basically, she's saying throughout her whole career, she didn't really give opportunities to minorities, but yet she's leaving the company, so she can't do anything about it. So she's going to pass it on to somebody else. All right. So what I'm noticing here is a lot of companies are seeing what's happening, right? Protests have gone on for more than a week, two weeks even. And, and yes, the violence have died down, but the peace of protests do persist. And it looks like companies are taking advantage. So the issue is a lot of these companies would talk a good game. A lot of these companies will proclaim that they are standing with you. We stand with Black Lives Matter and all this, yeah, 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 right? But they're not really doing anything internally to change the situation systematically, right? If you know that there's a systematic, you know, I'm going to get to cannabis news, I promise you, but I got to talk about what's really going on before we get into the weed, all right? Think, yo, think about this as we're rolling up right now, all right? And when the weed gets lit, that's when we jump into cannabis news, all right? So... They're attempting to save face, if you will, right? But if you look deeper into these companies, and especially at the executive level or those up top, you're not really noticing many faces that are diverse. For instance, even in the cannabis industry, to bring it all home so it's all related. I worked at a medical marijuana company, and often when I worked there, I looked at my future. You know, unlike other people who work there just to think about, you know, getting a check at the end of the week, Right. That was their whole goal. That's all they cared about me. I cared about my future instantly. I want to know that if I'm putting in work, I'm working hard, that there is a a path for me to follow within this company. Right. And so I'll go on LinkedIn.com. I will do my due diligence, as I told you guys in the how to get a cannabis job episode. You go on LinkedIn, you find people who work at these cannabis companies. You may have a connection, you know, matching one of the two. And if you don't just connect with people who are at that company. So you will be able to message them if you need to, right? Just a little tip, a little tip. So I would go on LinkedIn, I would go on the cannabis company where I worked, and I would look at the executives. And who on LinkedIn had these various titles, right? From mid-management all the way up top to executive level. And what I noticed when I did my search was that most of the people at that level didn't look like me at all. Now, granted, there was one. And it's always one, right? That token one black guy who they hired because you know what? We can't have a <laughs> an office full of white faces. We don't look right doing that, especially in today's climates, right? They're cognitive of that at least. And he was the head of HR at, at the uh, cannabis firm. Now, what that said to me was, all right, that's how it is on the executive level. How does it look on the mid-management level? And on mid-management level, I couldn't find someone that looks like me at all, right? And that made me think that maybe it's difficult, right? Because there's way more prospects that have the qualifications that possibly, you know, get hired, right? If we're few and far between, which I don't believe we really are, but who have the executive level uh, MBAs and, and experience in the industry, Maybe that's it, right? Give them devil's advocate. But the truth is, if you look at many companies, not just that cannabis one, but even those who have mentioned, you know, that they stand with, you know, Black Lives Matter and what, and what all we are going through, you're not really seeing much of these faces in those positions. So they call this window dressing, right? Where they'll make the window look beautiful as ever when inside it's just the same, right? On the outside, you seem progressive. You seem liberal. You seem like you're not anywhere close towards white systematic oppression. However, on internally, it's completely different. And you got to understand, you see, I noticed this trend about a couple years ago when every company, it seemed like had the rainbow flag on their social media 
or whatever they're doing marketing wise. Right. And I realized that, yes, they want to stand with that community, of course, but they were doing it because it's the most lucrative thing you could possibly do. If you realize most of their customer base on Netflix are of younger age, right? We're more internet accessible. We grew up with the internet. We're more comfortable with watching our movies on Netflix, right? They're about 35 and younger is their greatest uh, population on Netflix. Now, if you're 35 and younger, chances are, mathematically, you fall into a liberal progressive ideology. Now, if I'm a company and I want to keep you as a customer for life, I want to match your political views. So I'm going to go ahead and post everything that has to do with, you know, Black Lives Matter. I'm going to have a rainbow up when I should have a rainbow up because I don't want my competitors to have an edge over me because I'm not as progressive as they are. And if I match your politics, chances are you'll spend your money with me much, much longer in the future. Right. That's all this is, in my opinion, at least like, of course, I respect that times have changed, that companies are now seeing the light, if you will. And because they're made up of people who are millennials, who grew up learning about the atrocities that have happened and they have more of a heart and all these other things. Right. Even though boomers call our generation soft. I see the change. It's just that I want to see real change, right? I want to see people get real opportunities, real jobs. The guy at Reddit, who was uh, Serena Williams' husband, uh, the co-founder of Reddit, he decided to give up his chair to give his seat to a black individual. And he only did it because he realized, I have a black daughter, and this is what she would have to go through. So instead of me talking about this, let me go into the news, all right? You know, I like to talk to y'all, holla at y'all for a little bit before I dive in. I think it's only right, right? I mean, what's happening in the world around us is unprecedented. Speaking of which, this guy, all right, the orange Cheeto man himself decided to hold a rally, all right, on Juneteenth in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, granted, I feel like I'm doing the job of MSNBC, Fox, and CNN reporting and talking about this man and just raising awareness for his existence. But I need to talk about it, right? The podcast, if you don't know, is therapy as well, right? It allows me to get off thoughts off my chest where sometimes if you say it in the wrong environment, it may be seen as threatening or uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't want to talk politics at work. But anyway, so this guy, right, he realizes that his base is up in arms over this whole protest thing, right? His base, which in my mind are not entirely racist, but a majority is racist, right? They're going to see him as a hero, right? For one, having a rally on Juneteenth, right? Which is the day that slaves in America got freed. And it's like a national black holiday. And it looks like more and more every year, we're more aware of it and celebrate it. A lot of people don't even go to work on June 19th. For that very reason. So for this man to hold a rally on that day is genius on a political sense, but very petty and evil on a moral and ethical sense. And the reason why he's doing doing this is if you are racist yourself and you know that this day means something to black people who you don't like, and he holds a Make America Great Again, a.k.a. white racist pickup truck rally, monster truck watching rally, you know what I mean? For conservatives, that's going to lead them to view this man as a hero and it's going to lead them to 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 rally against whatever message he's spewing out. And the most genius thing he probably could do is not only get his base excited for what he's doing, because he could spin it whatever way he wants to. He can also release his own black agenda by saying, you know, I know this is a sensitive day and and you guys you know, think this is a bad thing. But I'm going to release an agenda to help out black people around the country. And they're going to get lots of jobs, the most jobs, the biggest jobs ever. 
Okay, I already did it. Look at the numbers. They don't lie. Things like that. He's going to go ahead and release something to make black people happy, which, you know, since he's connected with the church, he's already done. But either way, politically, it's a genius move and it's a shitty ass petty evil move. But it's right up his alley, right on brand for Trump, right? To have a rally on Juneteenth. And last thing about politics, I promise. So Nancy Pelosi and her people decided to take a knee and quite geniusly robbed the media flurry on social media, for that matter, from Trump and had them all talk about Democrats. Right. So now Democrats is on the mind because, one, they window dressed literally in kente cloth, took a knee. I don't know how all those rumors, 70 year olds and 80 year olds took a knee and got back up fine. Like, I, I swear all the interns had to rush in and help everybody get up one by one when the cameras is off. <laughs> But nonetheless, they decided to, you know, pay their respects to George Floyd by taking a knee, which is very ironic, you know, the amount of backlash Kaepernick got. But nonetheless, they did this. And of course, it's virtue signaling. And it's showing showing that the party is for blacks if the optics is that the other side is not. So that was a genius move on her part as well, because we all saw the memes on on Facebook, on Instagram or whatever social media platform like Twitter. We saw it. And for two, three days, that's what we talked about. That's what we joked about. And our minds were on the Democrats and it was not on what Trump was doing, because if you realize Trump and Takashi 69 have the same game plan, which is attention. The more attention I get from y'all, the more successful I'll be. So no matter how bad, evil, trolling, petty it is, if it's going to help me get more eyes, eyeballs on me, I'm going to do it. And that's what their game plan is. All right. So back to the cannabis news. So we have a couple of cannabis stories. I think it's like 90% cannabis. Not much other news had came out. I guess you can say we have one on Ganja Bill 420. So as always, we like to start a cannabis news podcast with some quick hits. You know what I'm saying? Taste the blunt. You know what I'm saying? Get a little taste of it. Get a little flavor. You know what I'm saying? Before you dive deep into it, right? Before you have to face a blunt, go ahead and taste it. See how it feel like, all right? See what the flavor is. So... First, we have weed science before we get into cannabis biz. So apparently, uh, the scientists at a university were able to discover the genomes in plants that lead to the production of trichomes, and they were able to find this with the plant RNA. So they're saying that their findings is going to allow them to breed, or allow cannabis companies for that matter, to breed much more accurately. Because as you know, the strains is a whole rigmarole right if i even said is a rigmarole or a rigmarole whatever that crazy word is that i don't ever use but you know what i'm talking about it's hectic it's hard to find the right strains strains are misnames strains names are made up you know what i'm saying and it's hard for you to know exactly what the effects are because the lineage has changed so much so by them discovering the genetics that lead to the trichome what type of trichome production, it would allow them to isolate uh, the genetics of that plant and recreate it for future sake, right? So for instance, you had uh, a company, I forget the name, and what they did was they asked for growers to submit their genetics so that they can map out a universe, if you will, of cannabis strains. You could see how close one strain is to another by its genetic profile, right? So now what this study does, like I said, allows them to track it down to the RNA to become even more accurate into what they're producing. Now, the fucked up part was the same company that decided to map out cannabis strain, you know, universe if you will, where if you go on a website, I'm going to tell you, probably put it in the podcast notes, you're able to uh, find what strain you have and what's related to. The fucked up part was what they did 
was decide to use all the genetics they were given to grow their own version of the strain. So that means that if you're in Bob Marley's family, right, you're part of the Marley clan, and you have the genetics towards Bob Marley's favorite strain, which is lamb's bread, Jamaican lamb's bread for that matter, the original from like the 60s and 70s, and you gave those genetics to this company, they're going to recreate Bob Marley's favorite strain and try to sell it themselves. Or they most likely try to sell it to other cannabis companies so that they can own it. And it even brings the question, can you patent DNA? And it's a question that's been risen in the scientific and STEM world for a long time. How could you put a patent on something that grows from the earth? You didn't create it. It's not your intellectual property. It grew from the ground. But then our farmers would argue, They'd be like, for, for years I have worked to perfect this strain and get the right phenotypes. It is much, it's very much well my intellectual property and I should have the right to patent it. So as for now, companies that have tried to patent their marijuana strains have all failed, uh, miserably for that matter. But they say it may change soon. I think as the cannabis industry gets larger, as it gets more powerful, what you're going to see is more lobbyists in the on the side, rather, of the cannabis industry and the cannabis companies, and they'll be able to push laws that help them do things just like that. If you're able to patent a certain strain of sour diesel or patent a strain of Blue Dream or patent a strain of gelatos or Girl Scout cookies, you can maybe put some growers out of business because if they grow it, you can do a cease and desist. You can sue them. You can take some of the money that they've made from your patented strain so it's all fucked up when you know money gets involved with the cannabis industry but we all know what's happening it's just it's fun to see it develop and what may and may not happen i personally i wouldn't like to see patents you know happen in the cannabis industry but as a realist as a scientist or someone that's a part of the stem industry it makes a lot of sense that cannabis will soon be patented. Why do I say that? Many drugs that are made from organic materials and 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 have some physiological responses in the bodies are patented. And a lot of them, some of them have DNA on them. You know, like some of these antibiotics, a lot of them have patents. And so if these drugs and these organic materials that have an effect on the body can be patented and uh, cannabis is seen as a medicinal product, it, chances are it may just be patented. All right. Now that brought me to even learn further that there's a company. Let me click the link right now live with you guys where it's a company in which they uh, are a blockchain company. And what they do is they use blockchain technology to mark down strains. Now, this way, one strain can be tracked forever to the grower. There is no no copying of the strain. No one else would try to use it because it'd be registered under your name. Now, if you're a bit in the dark with blockchain, as most of us are, for not you know a computer programmer that knows Python like the back of my back of our hands, blockchain. One part of blockchain blockchain is like a ledger, right, where it it documents things on a grandiose scale, on a large, colossal scale. And it's able to give unique numbers assigned to one unique person for almost ever, right? Like that strain could be locked into you for a long, long time, if not forever, right? It's digitally marked down. And I'm just going to read a bit from what they say, right? So the company is called StrainSeq, right? They're Strain Identification and Registration Service. It provides more high-quality genomic data than any other cannabis genetic sequencing service on the market. Using the most advanced genetic tools in the industry, medical genomics have produced the most complete cannabis reference genome, which serves as a basis for StrainSeq. 
and it continues. The strain seek assay sequences more than 3.5 million bases across thousands of high value targets, including 29 cannabinoid terpene systems, yada, yada, yada. And all they're really saying is it's extremely accurate and detailed as to how they mark your strains genetics towards you. Right. And that way you're able to have the strain directly linked to you. And perhaps you can get paid off of that creation. So a lot of the things that blockchain brought to the brought to the table, for instance, is in the music industry, you know, that artists get, you know, robbed and stolen from all the time. Right. And even artists like or, or producers and writers and people of that of that nature, they don't get their fair share either. Right. The person whose face is in the limelight, chances are get the most benefits. But guess what? It takes more than two to tango to make a hit song. If you look at fucking Beyonce's song Girls, it's the most simplest song ever, but it has like 30 writers. You know what I'm saying? Like it takes 15 to 30 writers just to make this song where she just says girls over and over again. It does. So with that being said, what the blockchain uh what blockchain aims to do or a company on the blockchain platform, what they aim to do is if you had any part of the song, right? They would mark your percentage of work towards a completed song and therefore would give you streams automatically to you in perpetuity for life which means that if you have wrote a part of the song and you're getting like a point or two points on the song you're seeing those revenues for the rest of your life and if you're the artist and you're getting the biggest share of the profits you're going to be seeing that directly going to you and it would allow your songs to be distributed on digital platforms and you can skip the you know the labels and the music managers and all this other bullshit and make your money and go straight to you so that's the possibilities of blockchain where you could literally cut out the middleman and speed things up so imagine you creating a strain you busted your ass for years for years you decided to create the most perfect gelato strain there is even sherbinsky and burner himself from cookies are rivaled at your creation of this this new gelato strain you file your strain with this blockchain company, right? And the genetics of that strain will be forever linked to you. So if there's any other sub-phenotypes of that strain being sold by major companies, i.e. medical marijuana companies or recreational companies, you can see a percentage of that sale automatically be going towards you, right? That's just theoretically, right? So where even though you worked hard in your creation, someone else can't just take your work like you're in school and it's finals and you haven't studied because you was out partying, you know what I mean? and just take your work and claim the benefits right that's not that's what this aims to solve so we'll see what that develops into in the future i thought it was a cool story at least myself i thought it was cool and i wanted to share that with y'all that blockchain is even being used in the cannabis industry as it should and let's go on to cannabis and then probably take a break i've been talking to y'all for a whole minute and i got probably three more stories after that so my passion, the NBA, basketball. Man, don't you don't you realize how fucked up society has been since sports got canceled? I mean, you guys ever saw that meme that showed you how in Greece they had the the uh, coliseums shaped in a certain way that looks just like our arenas today, right? And the whole goal of having gladiators, which were bona fide WWE-style artists where, yes, yeah, some of them may fight to death, but in all honesty, it was all a show and they weren't like all buff. They were probably regular dudes that just got paid to be gladiators. And they just put on a show, right? It's WWE way back in fucking, not BC. I was going to make it an AD, whatever AD, right? And uh, 
it shows you that without sports, without something to distract us from what's really going on in society, it shows you how much more attentive and reactive we are as a people. It makes you almost think that as a person like myself who loves sports, loves the NBA, and, and, and notices that now that basketball isn't here for us to have a fine, a, a, a fine well, I can't even talk today. I'm sorry about that, yo. To have a uh, fantasy basketball team, to have arguments, you know, at barbershops and with your friends about which player is the best right now, who's going to be the number one draft pick, what's the new NBA rumors that's going on, who's going to win the NBA championships. All these conversations have stopped and desisted because coronavirus is much more important, right? Life is much more important and because we haven't been distracted by these conversations something like George Floyd that could have been just swept under the rug and not resulted in a protest resulted in a protest like that without a distraction there is an increase in civil and social unrest and it almost is genius how they've ingratiated sports into the American culture now granted other countries have sports deeply ingrained into their culture too just like soccer but you just realize on a governmental level on a larger scale how important it is for you to run a country and make sure that they have their distractions because if they don't have the distractions they're going to protest they're going to burn buildings they're going to be upset right just realize that but anyway the NBA the NBA now allows cannabis use by players now in my opinion this news comes as no surprise listen it Imagine you're in the NBA, all right? You've been busting your ass for how many games of the season? Coronavirus is coming. You stress the fuck out. Now, I'm going to tell you why you stressed. You're stressed because the money you were going to earn by playing the rest of the season, you're probably not going to be able to get those dollars. A lot of players don't get paid until they play, right? You play, and then you get a check in the mail for however many tens of thousands of dollars, right? And that equates to how much your contract your con- tracked costs and because of this you're seeing less money you're seeing less revenue you're worried about your family members who probably had corona maybe lost their lives it's it's a tough situation to be in where you have all the money in the world but all the money in the world cannot save life especially when your family member is infected so you're stressed out all right, you got anxiety through the roof. Chances are you're an NBA player in the offseason. You're smoking hella weed. All right, you got to take the chip off somehow. And you're bored, right? There's no practice. You're locked up in the house. You call a number. They deliver the weed to your crib. And you're chilling. You're probably, you're probably playing NBA 2K20, lighting up, and playing as yourself, right? Because maybe a narcissist in NBA. <laughs> But nonetheless, I think a lot of these players, if they didn't allow this rule to come into effect to not allow them to test for recreational drugs, they would have failed it and it wouldn't be able to go to Disney. And the NBA is in desperate need of their players coming back because you got to realize the amount of money that the NBA is losing in ad revenue. Their games aren't being showed on TNT, ABC and ESPN and not being shown around the world. It's a global market sport. So uh, we all know all companies are, are losing money. All companies are heading and trying to battle a recession and the nba is definitely one of those two and it's very interesting i don't know what you guys think about the nba going to disney you know for a time being and playing basketball i think it's a great idea i think it's a great way to save the sport um have them compete these games you're going to get a lot of eyeballs because we're all home anyway right unemployment's at its highest so that means that you know ratings may be even higher let's be honest and and it's a great idea. I know a lot of co- a lot of players are not comfortable with being in a bubble and and being told that if they leave the Disney 
land resort, whatever the fuck you call it, they have to be held to quarantine. I get it. You want to keep your players safe. These are literally multi-million dollar worth assets that you're talking about here, these NBA players. You want to keep them healthy. And you want to make sure they're making you money, right? Because they're your most expensive asset. So the NBA is going to come back stronger than ever, and I'm happy to hear that they're not testing for weed anymore. Let me read the article off. The NBA confirmed it would no longer drug test players for cannabis or any recreational drugs when the league resumes play in late July. The recreational, excuse me, the National Basketball Association and its players union have agreed that players will be tested for performance enhancing drugs, aka steroids, human growth hormones, when the league restarts at Disney World, but will not be tested for recreational drugs. When I tell you J.R. Smith is having a field day right now, oh, Beasley too. My Beasley, J.R. Smith, they always look high 24-7. Their eyes is always red. It's always low. Oh, Iman Shumper too. They're probably blowing hella smoke. Listen, how many players when they retired, you know, on, on that uh, Vice News publication on 420 said that they used to smoke before games? Listen, Disney World's about to smell like a Wiz Khalifa concert. You know what I mean? All those NBA players in one area and they can smoke weed now, it's a wrap. You know what I mean? And I wonder what happens when Disney catches somebody with weed and they say, uh, excuse me, NBA, sir, seven-footer, you can't smoke weed here. Like, you're going to really... T- but yeah, what are you going to do? Tell them to stop? They're just going to turn around and give you that Russell Westbrook face and look down like, what? But nah, seriously, it's probably a big cloud of smoke in, in Disneyland right now. But shout out to the NBA players who were long from their passion and now going to finally come back. Those NBA players who are worried about not getting pay for those who don't earn the millions of bucks in the NBA, they're probably 300,000 years, right? To, to think that if you're making the $300,000 in the NBA, you're poor, that's pretty crazy, right? In what part of the world are you making $300,000 but you're considered poor? But yeah, you, you feel that way when you're around million-dollar contract guys buying up Lambos like it's nothing. Like, yeah, I got a Bugatti just cuz. You know what I'm saying? But uh, nonetheless, that's the NBA news. Uh, by the way, it was my birthday recently, so if I sound tired, I'm still recovering from hangovers. You know, I know I've probably seen a bit less energetic, but legit, I'm recovering. I'm in recovery. So next up on the cannabis stories, what we have for you next is... The cannabis industry has a long way to go as evidenced by a recent study of Denver's marijuana market. But Illinois-based Cresco Labs took a a smoke break, too. So So if I sound a little off, then you already know. Flying right now. First class. No coach. But Illinois-based Cresco Labs took a step this week by appointing the first person of color to its board of directors. In addition, rapper Method Man is forming a business with the goal of bolstering blacks in the cannabis industry, according to Bloomberg News. Good intentions said, this is said by MJ Biz Daily, good intentions will be worthless if cannabis licenses continue to be awarded only to white business owners or if the white dominated companies fight to keep control from the social equity partners or applicants. So, again, even the cannabis industry is seeing effects of the protests that happen globally, not just in America, as they should. And the cannabis industry, which I've said till I'm black in the I mean, blue in the face. Look at me. So I'm blue in the face that the cannabis industry doesn't have many black people in there. And it's sad to see that is the real factor when most of the people in jail for, you know, cannabis crimes are black or Latino, but specifically black in this case. And so it seemed like you created the war on drugs to 
put people in jail who were selling marijuana illegally at the time. But now that it's legal, everyone has, you know, freedom to go enjoy themselves. However, when you look inside at who's able to join the market and have fun with what's going on, they don't look like those who have been arrested. So some justice should be occurred. I mean, I understand people have the argument of, well, it was illegal back then. And if you broke the law, then that's what it is. But, you know, we were ready and prepared for when the market became legalized and we were ready to take advantage. That may be the case, but it's a whole argument to understand, you know, systematically why things may prevent, you know, someone in a certain community access. Right. Systematically, like I always mentioned, there's a lack of of opportunities, right? They're giving government checks in my eyes sometimes not to help them live on a socialistic level, but to really keep them in place, to make the trap really a trap when they've made you comfortable in your means that aren't really enough and representation of, uh, you know, the American dream. But yet you, you find where you are and you have the police that may enact harshly and get rid of a father in a household where they not be jail, it'd be taken a life of due to police brutality, you know, and then you have these repercussions like redlining, which doesn't allow you to move to certain areas with better education. You know what I'm saying? Then education comes with a price point, but the environment placed in doesn't allow that price point to be a reached to be reached or afforded. Listen, I don't know what was in that joint. That shit got me sound like Martin Luther King, but nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, the cannabis industry is definitely a part of the window dressing. And that article was absolutely correct. Yes, I love the fact that Method Man is now joining the one of many, you know, African Americans joining the industry legally and and taking a say. But I have to ask, does that business that aims to give black people jobs, is it now owned by or or is invested by, you know, a couple of those not in the community? Right. Because it only makes sense to if that's the goal of that business. Right. It's to make sure that the board of that company, all the investors that are part of the company are minorities as well. So the best interest is always sought after. And it's not just used as, again, window dressing for the sake of window dressing. You feel me? And you're right. The licenses aren't really being distributed out as evenly as it should. And I know in my opinion, people say, well, affirmative action isn't fair. And, and my, my folks weren't given privilege. We worked from the ground up and got our stuff. That may be the case, but you have the luxury, the luxury, you have the privilege to walk around and feel safe in every environment you're in. You have the privilege to be able to be seen on the job application and not bat an eye. You know, they see a John, Matthew, Luke, John and Chad, <laughs> always chat for some reason right and, and and the chat and they're more likely to give you the job they see a name that sounds more ethical like a Dwayne or Devante and hope oh, maybe I might not hire this guy yeah 4.0 I feel like I'll connect more to this person and you know what sometimes it may not even be inherent racism it's just that you grew up in this environment and that's how you act within it think about the people who were probably you know born into owner born into a family that owned slave they may not be racist they may love black people they, they may not they may hate seeing what occurred way back then but they live in the world and that's a lifestyle and how it is and that's what they believe life should be right there's nothing wrong right this is how life is deal with it but then you realize a change you know in, in hindsight and you realize we can go ahead and make this better we can improve conditions from back then 40 years ago not even back then we can improve our position from 40, 50 years ago to what it is today, to where companies now are outspoken about this stuff, we can make even more change in the future. So I do hope to see more minority faces, black faces in particular in the cannabis industry, because it's only right. It's only right. So shout out to Cresco Labs for partnering with 
two stories in our show today. One, the NBA. Cresco Labs has an NBA, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? An NBA individual on their board, a person, a part, a person, a part of their business. And Cresco is also partnered up with a lab to try and award, you know, more opportunities of blacks. We'll see if it all stands up though, right? They could all be blowing smoke and then come in the future, nothing happens. Listen, I, I don't want to sound too cynical or too negative because in reality, I'm a very positive person. But when it comes to, you know, decisions made on a business level, I mean, let's be honest. We could all call a spade a spade. We could see what it looks like from the outside. All right, last story of the day. As you can hear, the hangover or joint in combination is slowing me down. Is Ganja Bill 420. Hemp farms can still get federal stimulus money. Looks like the hemp farms, now that hemp is legalized and was legalized in 2018, hemp is now able to get money if lost during this coronavirus and it's federal money. So it's amazing. So the cannabis industry literally taking taking baby steps in getting allocations and business offerings that are given to non-cannabis businesses, right? So yeah, man, all in all, listen, it's been a crazy week. It's been a birthday week. Happy birthday to me. If you don't know, I turned 26. I don't know how old I sound to you. But uh, I feel like once you reach the age of, you know, 25 and older, right? I'm 26 now. Even though I feel like I have much, much longer to go and I feel like the wisdom attained now is only about a quarter century, you can only imagine what's going to be gained more and learn more about life as time goes on. Because, you know, you, you think about yourself just a couple of years ago at 21, you know, right now I'm 26, you know, mind is completely different and you're able to gain some type of worldly knowledge that allows you to live a better life. And so I aim and I wish that out to you guys, not that if it's your birthday, but that you guys continue to learn about this experience that we call life. You learn about the people around you. You learn about what your purpose and what the purpose overall of life is. And hopefully you find out to be a happy thing and not a sad thing. Because even though I didn't know this person, I recently had a, a loss, if you will, somebody who I used to, you know, follow and, and, and keep up with on the internet without her endeavors was Jazz Fly. She was the author, one of the authors and writers, I should say, of This Is Us, famous TV show. She worked on a show called Kidding with Jim Carrey and a bunch of other publications. The list, is long, the list goes long, right? But what's most impressive about Jazz Fly, a.k.a. Jazz Waters, was her mind. She was very intelligent. She was able to convey meanings of how she used to go through trials and tribulations and how she came out of it. And her ability to share these things online really amazed me because she wasn't a celebrity. She wasn't, you know showing off body parts to get followers but she was gaining and amassing this audience by simply telling the truth and posting about it in a very unique way and i swear a lot of her tweets can be seen and being repeated in the lexicon and lingo of our generation and our culture and you can see her tweets be re, uh, reposted many many times because there are that paramount they're that poignant and they hit the point as they should so r.i.p to jazz waters aka jazz fly i mean much much love to the family who lost the real one and, and I know you guys out there who are showing me that God knows about who I'm talking about if you are a fan because she was on this podcast as well. And that was one of the second times I actually got to introduce and really see her speak. She was even on Vice TV's Bong Appetit episode uh, where they talked about what I just mentioned today about opportunities for blacks in the industry given the persecution they faced in the past. And uh, again, I don't mean to have this podcast be more somber, less funny, less exciting, you know, but look at the times we're living in, you know, and... There's a hangover afoot. All right, the hangover ain't gone yet. It's still here. I, yeah, listen, I'm not even a drinker, yo. I like to take my vegetables. You feel me? I like my greens. They take care of me. I can take my greens and be fine the next day. I drink liquor the way I did on my birthday, fam. Listen, 
That's the, you got to take time out to recover. You got to get your Gatorades, your foods ready. You know what I mean? You got to get your water bottles, plural. That's a whole process. So, listen, cannabis over alcohol any day. I mean, I had a great-ass time. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's just the recovery and afterwards. I'm not dealing with You feel me? So I wish you guys, you know, have a great time. Please keep your your minds in high spirit. If you ever need to reach out to anybody, please reach out to whoever you want to reach out to in times of, you know, anxiety or depression or whatever. Because, you know, we all need to lean on each other sometimes. We all need to count on each other to get through difficult times because often we all suffer in silence and in this social media world of attention and posting for the veneer of what life really is like it's easy for people to think that they shouldn't feel this way right you all you are is human at the end of the day right not to minimize who you are but you are human and humans have a wide range of emotions they're not just flossing on the ground they're not just looking happy and looking at a perfect picture version of themselves they go through real things and if you're able to communicate these real things whether to whether it be the people around you who are close to you or like she did online you're able to get that out you get to experience that, that emotion deal with it learn how to deal with it and hopefully you come out on top later so again as the news comes out about jazz waters again prayers up rest in peace to one of the greatest minds i've ever seen or the greatest minds ever and uh yeah Check up on your strong friends, yo. It's real. With that being said, this episode of Hot TV's Cannabis News Now is brought to you by Nature's Root. Made in Cal- made in Colorado. Made by a creator who cares. A creator doesn't care about money. It's all about creating a quality product and the love of the cannabis plant. The cannabis spirit is, is who she rides with and it's been treating her well because she treats cannabis well itself. So thank you for coming in and listening to another episode. I know it may not be as high energy or funny as it was in the past, but again, just know it's your boy's birthday. He's a year older. He celebrated with a bang and I'm trying to recover. My brain is still a little foggy, you know, but I think I hit the points as I should. You know, I don't think I was making many jokes, but the points still stand. And sometimes the news that we are given aren't all the best in hype news, right? So I wish you have a great week. I wish you stay positive. I wish you stay corona free because, listen, this second wave is coming in. It ain't no joke. Florida had two straight days of 2,000 cases or more. What? 2,000 cases in two days. I'm staying my black ass in the house. How about that for some energy? So... Follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us where you listen to podcasts, share with a friend who likes cannabis and who likes all this stuff I'm talking about. You guys are going to enjoy the podcast together. Maybe this podcast is going to start a conversation. Who knows? But as always, stay tuned, stay high. High TV. You know, what's going on with Hemp International? I I really like their stuff when they were all about cannabis. I see it on the news. I see it on on the newspaper. I see it on the TV, man. I'm tired of it. I go outside my building and they're protesting with their signs and they're saying no justice, no eats. I I, I don't get it. Now my favorite cannabis podcast is just talking about race over and over again. Well, listen up, buddy. I don't come here for that, man. Just give me the cannabis news and go home and let's call it a day. All this Black Lives Matter, my, 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 I don't want to hear it. Well, guess what? It's too bad. Because if that's how you feel, like I said, I have no problem with having you taking yourself out. When a garbage takes itself out, it's always a good time, right? It's always a good time to save energy, save time, and make sure that stench is gone. <laughs>
And most importantly, it's the summertime. You know what I'm saying? Garbage get hot as stank. And, and your racist ass is stanking right now. So shout out to everybody who either unfollowed, who blocked me on, on Instagram, or stopped listening to the podcast because I'm mentioning race. Deal with it, motherfucker.